You just have to make the picture. You have the rest of your life to figure out what it means. Photography is an art of observation. It has little to do with the things you see and everything to do with the way you see them. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode one. 72 for the end of November, and I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving, wherever you ate, whatever you did, whatever you watched. Whatever football teams you're cheering for. Whatever teams you watch, yeah, whatever. Uh, But uh, here we are, and getting into December already. Oh, man. See, now's the time we can see the Christmas stuff. It's fine. It's fine to have all this Christmas crap up now. Do you have yeah. that issue in, in Canada we, where they start we putting do. up Christmas stuff up in uh, July? Yeah, well, or when <laughs> okay. the, the dollar stores start putting up the stuff, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, you know, around, even around Halloween, you're starting to see the Christmas that stuff. Just yeah, illegal. just, yeah, Can it's you not just good. just do something about that? Yeah. I don't know what the rush is. I don't, I don't understand. I never understand this. And this is, you know, one of those, is, you might as well try to touch the far side of the moon then try to figure out the uh, the logic behind putting up christmas stuff after after uh just trying Halloween. to get people to buy stuff i think buying buying yeah well well speaking of buying <laughs> no i yes i have not bought anything I, okay I, no no in fact i sent some stuff back and, okay. and got a refund yeah i have um i was telling you offline but i'll say i have this little adapter ring that's now stuck onto uh, my Metabones adapter for my GFX camera, and I'm a little. Uh, I'm hoping I can get that thing off. But it's and, not uh, stuck on the camera. It's stuck on. It's the It's not lens. stuck on the camera. Yeah. That's fine. It's that's better than. But the Metabones is something I use. And well, anyway, you know, first world problems, right? Right. Yeah. Hopefully, but get it off. I had sent back. Um, I had a an adapter for GFX to. What was it? Um, Yashica contacts, and okay. then I bought a Yashica contacts to M42 screw adapter, uh, and I was going to attach those to the to the Metabones, and then screw in my uh, Helios, um, what is it, uh, M44 or 44M? Yeah. 44, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that didn't work out because the adapter didn't stay on, and so I sent those two mm. things back. And then I realized, well, I've got this Metabones with a Nikon adapter, mm-hmm. and so I can just get, an, you know, a Nikon ring. And so I, I did send the two things back, which were more money, and the ring was 20 bucks, and so I got that. But now that <laughs> stupid thing is stuck. Man. Yeah, I know. It's like I said, it's first world problems, but uh, I'll figure out how to get it up. But yes, no, I haven't bought anything. I've sort of flattened out the the gear purchase for a while. I do have a computer that I have to set up, but I haven't gotten around to that. And so yeah. anyway, yeah, cool. Well, I haven't I haven't sunk in much money at all into uh, into gear at all. So I'm good. I bought a couple of uh, cable releases that I might. I'm going to go out and maybe do some winter landscape this winter and then that's when i bring my adapters out is it winter time i think maybe i'm the same oh. as you so yeah i've got these uh i've got m42 lenses um 
as well and my adapters that work with the Fuji. And I've got that really nice uh, Micro Nikkor um, 55. The 55, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. great lens for just the do ones. general purpose, yeah. Yeah, and I, I have the 60 millimeter version of that, which is, I remember the 55, I remember the 55 and I sold it. I don't know why I, I sold so many nice pieces of Nikon. I guess I needed the money at the time. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I could have used, oh, I could have used the macro lens. I actually, I hear there's some new macro lenses coming up. Sorry, we're, we're for everybody who's used to listening to us talk about stuff, we're, I usually don't talk about <laughs> gear, but I'm talking about gear. it's before Christmas. We're talking about buying things. So. Uh, or using old things, you know. Or using old things. There's, there's, a new, there's a new Fuji macro lens that is tempting. And there's also, I think, going to be a GFX macro lens coming out, which is also tempting. I just don't have a need for those yet. Oh, I did buy a piece of gear. Sorry. <laughs> and I had to send it back. It was, uh, sorry, it was a, a T, was a TT Artisans, um, like pancake 27 millimeter for a Fuji. Okay. Uh, and I got it and it was fun. I put it on and it looked great. And the problem was that it wouldn't go f further open than F 7.1. Oh, for some that's strange not reason, good. It, it would stop there. It can go, it would, you know, and it was only, it's only like a, it was like a hundred and forty dollars. So it's, you know, right. it's these, you know, this, you're, you're, yeah, I know. Yeah. Ornus Photos is, is, is selling these things. Or at least not the TT artists, right? You're selling mm -hmm. seven artists. I sell That's seven artists on too. I don't know why they have the same name or similar names. I think they're in adjacent buildings, actually. Oh, so they're just copying. They them, are. Right? Yeah. Owen is uh, made a little bit more higher end, but. Yeah, there you go. Well, anyway, this this lens I sent back and uh, asked for a new one. So hopefully that will come in soon. But uh, it, I like the idea of the pancake lens. So mm -hmm. the small little thing. Uh, and I remember the Fuji one was always hard to get. Uh, I can't really get those. So, so yes, I did buy something. But <clears throat> I did send it back. <laughs> so, but, uh, but speaking about speaking about gear, sorry, I was trying, we, we, we wanted to talk tonight a little bit about what you like old looking at our old pictures yeah looking at our old work yeah and those of us that started earlier in life and now we're later in life later going in life. back and having a look at at our old well for me it's my negative file and my old slides and some do old have, prints do you have a lot of slides do you have a lot of slides yeah i have a few maybe 500 somewhere around there not too many so, yeah, no, and there's the sirens. Yay! It just feels like home. I just love it. I know. I thought it I hear was the sirens. I was I, I I'm a big fan actually. Now I know I like I know what it's like to be there. I know what the air smells like. I know. Yeah. It brings it all back to me, man. I know. I know. And then it, I just like for one night can I not have sirens go by? Please for one <laughs> night. But anyway, uh only 500 Wow, that's not a lot. In no, your, in it is a span of time. Well, of ones that I kept, I mean, I did jettison quite a few. They're ones yeah, that still, I thought were. Yeah, still. Yeah. All right. I, I got mean, a I've few got... carousels here. Uh, not all of them are carousels. Full, can you? <laughs> People are like, what's a carousel? What's a carousel? We used it's to the have thing what you put in the slide projector. It's that big round thing. One time yeah. in school, um, we had a uh, two. Uh, we had a bunch of projectors, but we also had a dissolve unit. Oh yeah, I remember two. those. I think I saw that, one. I can't at remember how it once. worked, but it was really cool. It was it, it you it allowed you to connect two projectors, and you could 
dissolve between the two images. So you do is yeah, you line it would up bring the two the, projectors. That's right. It would bring the, la the, lamp, the lamp down lamp on lamp. one. It would advance. And then by the time it la lamp came right. out again. So you had this cross. You could get a really nice cross dissolve. And actually one time in school, uh, it was actually for a film class. My, um, my friends and I made a film, quote unquote, by shooting like lots of film, lots of slides. Mm -hmm. And making step progressions in this story. And then we used the dissolve unit with music through a speaker system that we had. It was, it was really one of those things like start the slideshow, press the button yeah. with the music, yeah. and then watch this story go by with the slides and the carousels. Um, and it was, it, like since then, I've always loved dissolves. I'll always love the... Uh, yeah, that's cool. But I, I don't have... I have very many, 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 many transparencies. And I have, I've had a lot more when my stock agency sent them all back and I had, but I don't know if they sent them all back, I probably would have had close to a quarter million maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was never that key. Well, it was just the nature of stock. When yeah. I would shoot stock, I would shoot, oh, I got a really nice scene. I would shoot maybe 20 or 30 versions or, you know, similars we called them of the mm -hmm. same shot. You know, if I could do that, especially if I was doing still life. And so I ended up this way they could submit the, uh, an original of each of those of that scene to each of the different franchise offices. There was actually when I was at the image bank, there were about, I think they got to the top 60 offices around the world. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if, if there was not a scene that was moving, right. Cause you can only shoot so many, Yeah. but you know, if there was a static scene, like, you know, the world trade center, I photographed a lot through my windows and I was like, and everybody <laughs> loved pictures of the world trade center. And so, you know, I would shoot, you know, especially in sunset because I faced, I faced uh, west when I was shooting them. Uh, you know, it would take 20 or 30, right? You know, yeah. so I'd go through a roll of film, put it in and develop, and then I'd submit those all, label them, and then they would, you know, the editors, which I was also an editor. I wasn't allowed to edit my own work, obviously. Right. <laughs> it was not a, not a you know, it was, a, it was hard enough for me working there and being a submitting photographer. Uh, then me to also edit my work. We never allowed that. And so the editor would go through and loop each picture and then, you know, send, you know, the 20 copies to maybe like the 20 top offices if they decided to keep the pictures. If there was one picture that they liked that they wanted to keep in the archives, we did what was called duping. Okay. Yeah. A duping system. And they would put it into a box and then we would send that off to a lab and they would make duplicates using a very low contrast slide duplication film with a slide duplicator. Right. And, uh, and then, then those copies would also then go to the offices as well. And they sort of represented the best pictures that, you know, image bank, uh, had, or at least what was considered the best by the, uh, by the editors. Hmm. So anyway, when they went out of business, all those originals came back to me right. in boxes and then they came back all mixed up because all the boxes, they, you know, they weren't, they were just getting the pictures back to me, not the same, right. you know, they had no obligation to sort them. So I've got all these boxes of stuff that I'm, you can see them. Where are they? Uh, right there. Well, you were, you were sleeping in this room. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you saw all the boxes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and every now and then I go through them. I have more time now to go through them and then f sort of sort the ones that I want to keep. Yeah. Uh, and then I have to destroy the other ones, like physically yeah. destroy them. Um, yeah. Because there are stories of people going through trash and, uh, and deciding to, you know, if I had a nice clean slide in the trash and someone found it, they could, you know, they could use yeah, it. Yeah, they could use it. Yeah. Actually, there was a story about Jay Maisel. 
story. I, didn't, I knew this actually in his uh, bank building, which we never got a chance to walk by. No. Well, next time. Next time. Jamie Zell used to shoot also tons and tons of transparencies. And what he ended up doing was taking all the rejects, stuffing them in garbage bags. And then he like used them almost like insulation, like stuffed them in the walls and stuff. And he also one time made uh, a, um, a curtain of them. It's the best way to describe it. Like uh, someone like attached all the slides together, like a bunch of them and made a giant sort of window covering. Okay. So that it was like a, uh, it was like a um, stained glass. Okay, cool. Right? And because the, you know, they attached all the cardboard mounts together and then created this thing. And a friend of mine who worked at Image Bank, uh, she modeled for Jay and did a nude pose in front of that. So it was all this colored light from oh, the slides cool. and it made a really nice abstract picture. I just remember that now. But, um, but sorry, I, I'm, I'm sort of no, that's cool. So pictures. No, no, that while 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 we're still on on you here, I'm going to ask you a question you're not expecting, like the last show. Um, so you go through these old things, and what do you what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Like, uh, are you seeing? I think what interests me about this is not maybe there's a nostalgia component. Maybe there isn't. Maybe you find that you're you're far more creative, or you're you know a better better photographer, whatever you want to call it. Than you were then. Um, do you see um, elements in that old work that you see carrying on to your present work? What what goes through your head when you're going through all those old pictures? Well, that's a good question, and it's a really long winded one too. Which <laughs> I know. I'm really good at. <laughs> well, you have a new mic. You're gonna use it. <laughs> okay. If you're fine with it, I'm fine with it. Um. I was just doing this last night, which was uh, before I was going to sleep, and I ended up not going to sleep because I pulled out a box of of chromes, and uh, we called them chromes, by the way. Yeah, uh, I read that in a magazine. I would always call them in a, sl a slide, but they say, uh, "Yeah, chromes. get, get yeah. those chromes from the central office." Yeah, <laughs> it's funny how it just naturally just rolled off my tongue, actually, because I haven't said that word in a while. So it was uh, in the mindset of of looking through my old chromes. Uh, well, it's funny because I do find that there are some, uh, some of like hints of where I'm at now in my old pictures. In fact, mm -hmm. some of the shots that I was going through last night, I just, I pulled out a random box and uh, it was a mixture of stuff that had come back from the stock agency and stuff that was already, that I already had here. And I just mm -hmm. sort of consolidated them. There were shots that I did in, uh, at least that I had dated on the slide 1986. So that would have been my last year in college. And right. uh, uh, it was, and I was already working in a track, but there was some like street photography that I did. Uh, and I'll post those up in the show notes since I, 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 I digitized them. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And just like someone walking down the street, sort of a blurry legs against mm -hmm. a, against a, um, a blue construction wall. And then another guy another picture of a guy standing this giant garage that says no standing so of course right. i was looking for the and it was actually one of my favorite pictures back then mm -hmm. and i could see the you know this is the kind of stuff i'm doing now um you know more more often than not and i wasn't doing a lot of street photography back in college days or when i was first shooting chromes um so there is some of that and 
there's because most of the photography that is doing there was sort of geared towards stock, and so mm-hmm. it had a certain kind. It was going for a certain kind of look, certain kind of framing, right? Uh, whatever. It, it it's a. I don't want to say it's commercial looking. It's not the right word because I think a commercial looking very magazine is, but it was very. Hmm, I don't want to say this stocky. Well, stocky, but what does stocky mean? It's just um, has a kind of a genericness to it. It does have a genericness, but but there were some pictures that from my travels, uh, stuff that I shot in London. Actually, I want, I found out I found one of the pictures, one of the first pictures uh, I shot when I first bought a twenty millimeter lens. Okay, it was a Nikon twenty millimeter lens. It might have been used when I bought it, maybe. But it was a photograph that I did on Park Avenue. And again, this sort of like, wow, look how wide this lens is. <laughs> yeah. And so I was shooting the ground and, and up into the into the cityscape a little bit at the what was then called the Pan Am building. Mm. Um, and because it's even captioned the Pan Am building, which is now the Met Life building. Yeah. Uh, and when I was looking at that picture, that's what I couldn't I, I forgot all about that image. And then I remembered I it wasn't well maybe it was kind of stocky maybe not because it was very wide angle mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of wide angle cityscapes being used I think for stock eh. so I don't know uh, but it made me remember that that was like one of the first pictures I took with that lens mm-hmm. when I first got a wide angle lens and it was like you know my, the widest lens I had at that point was a twenty eight millimeter and so having this twenty millimeter where I can see your, you know you could see the horizon and you could see your toes right <laughs> yeah. um. But what was really kicking in for me was more of the, wow, this is like, it didn't feel like the kind of photography that I do, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right question. I was like, I was a little surprised. I was right. a, little, so a little surprised at some of the pictures, not all of them. Like, I'm, because I can, it's really funny. It's like I remember most of them. Oh, like I'm, like, I do that oh, just looking at negatives. Like, I don't need to look at the prints. I can look at the negatives and. Oh, really? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I I just remember like oh I remember when I shot this, uh, I remember this, I remember that. There was a few that were like uh, oh, <laughs> I don't have a memory on, but some of the earlier early ones. It was funny was that some of the early shots that I did, I was also doing. Oh man, this is so bad. I can't believe I say this. <laughs> we'll no, get to me just, shortly. I know it's just it, because my my last year in college overlapped with me working at the image bank. And I was, when I was working there, actually I, I got signed to the image bank in 1986. I was the youngest photographer to get signed at the time. And, uh, I was still in school when they signed me because there were some people were looking at my pictures and saying, why don't we just sign this guy? He's doing photography. That is the kind of stuff we do here. Right. But my working at the, image bank was influencing my photography and when i did my thesis whatever that was yeah it was a photography thesis it was very commercial oriented which was really mm. weird because school of visual arts was not a very commercial school right in fact i got very little commercial photography um learning in sva it was more oriented towards art so art, it was, yeah. but i also had a I had a uh, an instructor in my last year, my thesis year, who was like it was his first year teaching, so it was kind of like, eh, you know, maybe maybe he was, and he was also a commercial photographer, so maybe I got into his, his good side by doing that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, some of the pictures I'm describing to you, 
I didn't I didn't only submit as stock, but I also used as my final portfolio at SVA. Okay. So the picture with the um, uh, the person walking in blurry against the uh, the back the blue background and the guy standing in front of the garage, those were two that I had in my final portfolio. So that was interesting. And then I ended up submitting them <laughs> right. to the to the image bank. It was like, well, I don't want them on my portfolio anymore. I just, you know, put them out there to make money. Yeah. So those pictures were so different than when I started getting into a sort of a stock oriented mind. Right. Set, you know, and 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 shooting that. But you know, there's some surprise at looking at the old stuff and saying, look at where I am now and look mm -hmm. at where I started. And it almost seems like a different person. But but then you know, realizing the context, everything was it was was context context related, and I was doing things because I wanted to make money in photography, and and that's how I could do it. And I oriented my pictures that way, and I was pretty successful as a stock mm -hmm. photographer. And and the photography was not, I don't, you know, it wasn't when you say stocky, yeah, but it wasn't. Uh, it was good photography. I knew yeah. how to do pictures. I knew how to uh, frame. Um, you know, technically they were really good. You know, I you mm -hmm. know, would not make out of focus pictures and, and to sort of run up to what I was doing last night, I was pulling these out, looking at them and I decided to, um, sort of start quote unquote scanning them. We talked about digitizing or scanning or duplicating or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I used to have a Nikon, uh, cool skin, which was a single, which lets you do single slides or if you had a, a negative strip, you can do strips of negatives. And then that was, <laughs> you would attach that with Firewire. And right. And <laughs> sorry. Firewire 400 or Firewire 800? Uh, it was a Firewire 400. So okay. it wasn't fast. In fact, I had to get an adapter for Firewire, Firewire 400 to Firewire 800 to do scanning on my, my Mac Pro, my older Mac Pro. The thing would take forever to scan right. a slide. It would scan it at 4,000 DPI, whatever really that meant. And it was probably the best way to make a, a scan on a sl uh, slide or any kind of scanner like that. There was Minolta scanners, I think, mm. and uh, Nikon cool scans. I don't know who else made scanners. I think Agfa might have made slide scanners. And you would stick the slide in there and you'd bring up the software and you'd scan it and then you'd go have a coffee. By the time you come back, you're, you know, especially if you did it at the highest resolution, you'd come back. And uh, anyway, I, I probably could have set this up to work on my iMac. There was probably some connectors and software I could have gotten to work on it. But it's been sitting on my shelf for a while. It was sitting on my shelf. And I recently brought it to a donation center to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm doing, um, now I'm doing my digitizing using this sort of Frankenstein-y monster setup. Correct. On <laughs> well, uh, I had bought this thing, and what is it? What am I? What is this thing called? The Nikon. Sorry, we're getting gear here. Where am I stuck? That's sorry. Got to do this. Nikon film digitizing adapter, the ES2, which is this little screw-on, uh, 52 millimeter screw-on slide or negative um, duplicator. It looks like a little lens with a, how would you call this thing in the front? Well, uh, uh, the like slide, slide or whatever. Slide yeah. holder. And there's a carrier. Frosted, Let's call it a carrier. A carrier. Thank you. Slide carrier. And then in front of that is a frosted piece of plexiglass to diffuse light. And the idea is that you're supposed to attach this to a Nikon I think it's designed for a Nikon D850 and you were supposed to attach it to a 
a 60 millimeter macro lens. 60 millimeter macro, yeah. It's a right. nice flat field lens. A flat field lens, which let you get all the corners in focus. And then you put a slide in there and then you take a picture or a negative. I think you can also, this comes with a negative carry. You take a picture of it by pointing this uh, thing at any kind of light source, making sure your white balance is fine. And then you take a shot and you've got Nikon D850 is about a 45 megapixel camera. Mm -hmm. So you've got then a 45 megapixel duplicate of your slide. Right. Or your negative. And I bought it thinking that I would connect it to my Nikon D7000 when I realized it was not meant for for uh, smaller sensor cameras. Oh, I see. So I was like, okie doke. And so when I, when I attached this to my Fuji and I used the adapter and the lens, it just didn't work. It was too, um, it zoomed in too much to the slide. And I was like, right. damn it. And so I ended up adding this little extension ring, which is a Nikon PK12. So an extension ring goes between, uh, what I've got on this thing is, I'm showing it to you on the camera, but I've got a, a Nikon to Fuji adapter, right? So that goes onto the camera. Mm -hmm. So it allows me to attach Nikon lenses to it. Right. Then I've got this extension ring, this PK12, mm -hmm. which, which will make a lens focus a little closer. Right. And then instead of a 55 or 60 millimeter macro, and I realized I had a Nikon 28 millimeter. Now it's not a flat field macro lens, but once you put a, once you put this um, adapter ring on, then you can do close focusing. Right. And because the the 28 millimeter is also a 55 millimeter, uh, or what is is it 55 millimeter uh, f uh, filter length, I could put this uh, Nikon slide duplicator oh, on the front of that. Oh, cool. And so by doing that. All, all these little steps doing that, I can now record a slide onto an APS-C sensor. And wow. it, it gives me a little bit of a border, so I don't get a full on, on this, um, on the X. So you can crop a little bit. You've got I the luxury of being able to, to well, but that's better than being too close, right? Being too Right, that's better in. than being too close. And the, the other thing I used to do with my Nikon uh, slide, duplicate uh, Nikon scanner, was I would take the film out and I would put it into what was called a full-frame mount there were right right now the if you look at a 35 millimeter slide or chrome it's in a cardboard mount that actually crops into the picture with the cardboard and so there were mm -hmm. these plastic full frame mounts that with little pin registers in there and you can stick the oh, piece yeah. of film in there yeah, yeah and then it would show the entire frame i don't know if that would fit into this because um, they're, they're kind of fat mounts but um but it would let you get the whole image is what you saw when you were photographing. But the right. mount's always cropping out. So anyway, it's a long way of saying I've been dropping slides into this thing and taking pictures of them. I got a little lamp set up for – I got a little uh, – Right. You don't have to worry about white balance. You're just letting the camera set white balance or you uh, – No, I set the white balance for the same that I set – I bought I have these little LED lights from Aperture. Mm. Yeah. So I set this up to – I set the light up to 5,000K. And then I set the camera to 5,000K and bingo – we're right on. Go. And with the new cameras, the new um, X-H2, they have a film simulation called Eterna. Right. Which is for their cinema. Right. Um, uh, I hear cinema. raves about that. Uh, I hear raves about that um, um, that that simulation. Yeah, it's a it's a nice simulator. But it, what's nice about it is that it will um, it will let you go. Uh, very flat, flat mm. colors. And so that allows me to then uh, duplicate the slide uh, and try to keep the original colors, which I can bring back or I can, you know, boost in, 
in um, you know in Lightroom or yeah. something like that. Yeah, pretty so, cool. Yeah, but that's that's the technical part. for the aesthetic part is is for me going back and pulling these well, not aesthetic part but the sort of memory part looking at these and realizing I can turn them into digital files and I I did about a dozen two dozen of them last night I just sort of popped them in and click 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 and mm -hmm. and then uh, stuck a card in and uh, put them into Lightroom and I've been playing with them and I'm actually been doing Lightroom on my phone so I'm bringing the pictures into Lightroom, actually on my iPad, and then retouching them by just tapping and getting rid of the dust because there's dust on them. And it's like 10,000 times better than using a film scanner. Oh, yeah. So cool. it, it, it's, it's a letting me, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll put these pictures up or do anything with them or I'm not going to sell them as stock. Some of the personal pictures I've been a little bit more interested in because there's a lot of stuff from my history and, you know, uh, Finding, finding pictures of my late wife um, popping up, you know, stuff mm -hmm. that I shot uh, with my little Olympus XA, I'm mm -hmm. remembering. Uh, and so those things I'm scanning, or scanning, digitizing, and putting them up on a memorial page for now. And um, so I'll probably be doing more of those. Those are kind of fun to find. Uh, yeah. So cool. anyway, it's, it, it's for me, uh, you know, I can see this being my winter project, going through the slides, digitizing yeah. a few of them and then and then you know at least having an archive of them having another kind of archive so no yeah, that's great anyway, that was a long-winded way of <laughs> getting to to i don't know what the i don't know if you even answered your question yeah you did um, you well i i i part of it i don't think we got very much into the the feelings around um you know how you feel about looking at your old work i guess you i guess you did answer that um well the I'm I'm happy to look at my old work. I like seeing where where I've come from and what I was doing, and yeah. uh, and I'm happy also because I like the pictures. I still like a lot of the pictures. I mean, mm. they may be, you know, um, cliche some of them, but uh, I know that I did them, and I know they helped me get to this point where I'm at now, and and so I'm I'm look I look at them with f favorable happiness or. Uh, and some excitement because sometimes I, I, like I said, I don't, I find a picture that I didn't realize I took or I don't remember exactly, right. or it's some part of my history. And, and that at this point in my life, you know, we're, oh, <laughs> as, an, yeah. as an older person, it's, I'm, I'm kind of excited to sort of relive those pictures, especially in pictures of, of uh, Elizabeth. I was finding some shots I took of her in the Carnegie Deli. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Cool. And I didn't even realize I had those pictures. And like, how did I know it was the Carnegie Deli? It's like, I had to look at the background. It's like, oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. we used to go there and get pastrami sandwiches. Dead well, reckoning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She got corned beef and I got pastrami and stuff. Right. And we would swap. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, and I'm sure some of them, it, it's just bringing back a lot of memories. And, and yeah. I haven't, I haven't sorted through all that yet because I'm just starting to. You know, you know, we're hunkering down for winter now, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I can do that on top of other things I want to do. So cool. Uh, what about for you? I mean, you're, you you talked about this subject several times about going through your archive, yeah. reflecting on your pictures, and yeah. going back. So what is it? What is it like for you to go back? Um, there's some nostalgia 
for sure. And I go through negatives. Like I can, you know, years of being in the dark room. I don't have much of my high school days, any of those negatives. They're around somewhere, but I just, I didn't really uh, keep a very good file system for those, like um, compared to when I started up again later in the 80s. And then I have all that stuff right here with my books. Um, so that part of my memory or looking back at picture starts when my, I started my darkroom up in 1988 and the first roll of film, I think I was when T-Max, this when T-Max 400 was coming out or just came out or was in wide use. Anyway, um, the very first frame that I shot with that was a printable frame of the sidewalk with an embossed, um, um, kind of the brand of the city and the company that, that poured the concrete in 1915 or whenever it was. And the, the texture of the, of the sidewalk and the grass around the border. And it was all, all the pictures that I took from that first roll look like um, uh, film tests. <laughs> We're going to take a picture of, yeah, and it's and it it's pretty wide ranging too. There's there was a stainless steel sculpture on the university campus where I used to work, and so I get a picture of that. So there'd be the stainless steel with all this con contrast and and um, you know a, a dedication to a lost friend that was written in on a river stone that was like embedded in at the base of the stat of that of that sculpture, and taking pictures of the trunk of a tree was lit by dappled sunlight and like all of the, all these little test things. And I, I was, I tried to hit what the, you were trying to, what, what you were trying to test. Cause you said this was the, I was going match. from, I was going from tri -X. All I knew was plus X and tri -X. It was the only black and white films I ever shot before. And now I was going to try, I bought a hundred foot, you know, sight unseen. I bought a hundred foot roll of, of um, a T-Max 400. And that was going to be for that next, you know, that summer and that fall, I was going to be shooting that T-Max 400. So I wanted to understand it. And, and, and I had, I had the, uh, the Ilford multigrade paper. So I had the, the set with me so I could adjust the contrast or whatever. And what I think what I was trying to do is I was trying to short circuit the amount of time it took me to get acceptable printable mm. images by doing a test right off the bat. So I got well, off to thing, a good one thing. Sorry. But what's the, yeah. what was the major difference between tri -X and T-Max? Very much denser that it's a much denser film than tri -X was with tri -X, I was always afraid, and even with T-Max 400. Now, what do you mean denser, too? What is well, that? it's if you underexpose, I found, at least the way I metered and the way I shot and with my gear, I was always terrible at underexposing Tri-X. And there's, it would be clear. <laughs> the negatives would be just way too thin. And I would you'd try and bring up shadows, and I would just get textureless gray. There would be nothing there. So T-Max 400 was really good at that, but it was a denser that the grain structure was different. It was, they called it, uh, they called it a tabular format. It was a different shape of crystal. Hmm. So because it was a tabular format, the idea is that, that there's the crystals take up whatever X amount of area or volume, but the tabular format means there's a little bit more surface area facing towards the light source. And so you would get, a more positive, denser 
um, denser result. If I didn't you know use this, actually, yeah. yeah, if you use this, um, what was the other? Was it Ilford? I think made a tabular, made a tabular um, film too. I can't remember. Anyway, um, and so I really liked that. I really liked that I could shoot at four hundred. Where when I was shooting Tri-X, I often shot at three twenty or even two fifty, depending on what the situation was. So I, I like that. And I got, I, I, it took me a while to get into the tones of T-Max because, um, because it was, it was, uh, it was responding to exposure in a much better way. Um, when I got to some of the denser parts of the image, um, then you could kind of see a uh, denser parts of the negative, which means the lighter parts of the image. Um, there would be, uh, there would be like a texture or a grain that you would see in, in the lighter parts of the, of the, uh, of the picture when you printed it. So, so there was, you got, you got this from the first roll of film that you. No, 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 just, oh. uh, no, that would, well, I, I got a sense of it as I went yeah. on. Yeah. So I was thinking always about the darkroom stuff. And unlike you, who was the pro who was taught and you were surrounded by this community of editors and photographers to get your chops up to shoot like aesthetic things and things that would sell, which I did sell. I sold, I was more of a service guy than I was, uh, you know, selling fine art. I don't, I don't think I ever sold a fine art print when I was in, in the eighties there. I gave away a lot of my fine art pictures, but, um, doing those tests and there was an aesthetic component to them too. I tried to make them look as nice as I could. I still got them. They're in my little tear sheet in my little book, uh, my little book upstairs. Um, but I was not thinking about the subject at all. Even when I was going and shooting, I guess you could call it street photography. It was more like gawking or whatever. I would shoot, you know, the buildings. It's funny. There's a building, uh, uh Bow Valley square that I shot, on the street corner. It was probably within that first summer, that's first spring or summer. I stood in the middle of the street and in the middle of the intersection, actually on a Saturday and shot up and got the reflection of the glass of Bow Valley square that was up over my head. So it got this crossfire thing and you could see the, um, the lights that were on inside the building that the reflection was bouncing off. And it kind of gave you this, uh, uh, you know, this kind of three-dimensional effect of, oh, I can see inside the building at the same time I'm getting the reflection mm, mm. of the buildings that are behind me and that sort of thing. So I was doing these, not really not really paying attention to what I was doing, just kind of trying to find some interesting things. But as that summer kind of wore on and I was walking around the, um, you know, places that became very familiar to me later in life and when I worked downtown for 20 years, um, it's interesting um, to, to see pictures of those places, how the buildings are used differently and businesses have come and gone and so on. And a favorite, uh, deli restaurant that we used to go to that's long gone. And, um, and, but that picture that I took of the, the reflection in Bow Valley Square, that was a building I ended up working in for quite a few years. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. Yeah. So I said, eh, if I had told my younger self when I was standing in the middle of this intersection on that Saturday that I'd be working in that building and getting to know all the people around there and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's that kind of uh, time travel thing that we talk about every now and then that yeah. I find kind of find enjoyable. You're getting this from looking at your negatives though, right? You yes. And well, I've got a few prints. I've got a few yeah. prints from that first roll. But you have less prints than you have negatives. 
That's right. Because you only yeah. print a few. So what about all these negatives that you have that you might like to go back to? What would be right now your process? Because do you have a darkroom at home? No, I don't have a darkroom. But so if I really. What would, what, what, what would you do? Well, if I w was really excited about a particular negative, I'd do something quick and dirty, like take a picture of it with the um, uh, with the iPhone. Take a picture of a frame with the iPhone in reverse, you know, just do or or use the, the contrast app, that contrast by Hornbeck, and put it in reverse mode and take a picture of it. If I really wanted to look at a print of it, uh, you know, something that looked more like a print, um and there's, I mean, there's really nothing stopping me from from scanning them either, but or just going do you have a to scanner. Uh, we have a yeah, I do have a. We got an old Canon scanner, forty four hundred, and it does have a negative thing. So if I was really okay. excited about that, we could. And so I have at least done. You get a, you get a could get a decent file from it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure about like how you were going to go about that because you have all these negatives, and unless you have a scanner or some way to do it, then you got to go. You know. Or if you want to actually go back to your darkroom, it's a big production yeah. for negatives. Even if no, I have no intention of doing that. And if I, you know, at the technical college here, you know, if I took a printing course, there's an advanced printing course that um, the, uh, um, our photographer emeritus around Calgary, George Weber, is a friend of, well, he's now a friend of mine, but he taught Mark Ryerson and yeah, I think there's an intermediate printing course. Hmm. If I could use that darkroom, if I really wanted to, to make prints. But no, my, I get the nostalgia just from looking at the negatives. I don't need, you know, I would look at the, and I would keep notes with each roll, so I knew the subject. And wow. so I would go, I would go through, um, I would go through the, uh, you know, what time and date and what my notes were for timing and concentration of the developer and all that kind of stuff. And then the, the note. Jeez, so you're methodical that way. Huh. Well, I tr tried because I was really trying to get yeah. into a process, like try to be consistent because the thing when I was a kid was there just wasn't any consistency. And it was really frustrating because I didn't control water temperature. Well, I, you know, I was in a basement, uh, chemical chemistry was always too cold. I had a small <laughs> kitchen sink that I actually had covered with, uh, tabletop surface that I was using to put the trays on. So actually the rinse was actually across the basement in another bathroom. So I would, I would hold individual prints or a tray. Sometimes I had a separate tray if I was at mm -hmm. several, several prints sitting in the fix. And then I would take three or four of them out and then walk it around to the, to the basement suite on the other side of the house and wow. put it in the, in the yeah. rinse there. So I had, it was kind of involved and there was just all these things were taking me away from consistency. Mm -hmm. Uh, so when I set up an 88, I definitely wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing so that I didn't have to think because I, I really wanted to get, for me, it was really, I really wanted to get to what do I have to do here, here, and here? How far up does the enlarging head have to be up? You know, and I would lock it down or whatever. If I need to crop, okay, I need to crop. Uh -huh. Then I've got to adjust uh -huh. exposure and do all that kind of stuff. So that's all to say. You, oh, go ahead. No, I said that's all to say that I was doing all that, but what I was lacking was the aesthetic and the thinking, the visual thinking photographer part of me was left undeveloped pretty much through most of that period. I did have pictures that were good, and I think there were a few that were really good, 
But I go through those negatives. So I say, you know, I, I would look in my notes and I'd see, oh, oh, here's a venue where I shot, you know, this downtown neighborhood where there used to be rickshaws that would pull people, young couples around. And it was mm-hmm. this kind of nice, you know, bohemian vibe going on mm-hmm. down there in those days. And then I look at the pictures and you go, oh, yeah, I, I remember this. These are terrible. I <laughs> <laughs> just looking at the negative. I mean, I just and I got the clear glassine um, pages right, so yeah, I just had to hold up the page and go through and, wow, you know, there's just not a lot here, but there there is the you get a feel of what it was like back then, and so the, it's still I can read negatives well enough that I could see. First of all, how difficult it might be to print, which all those night pictures w- sort of were. Um, but yeah, the, it, it the, a, a great majority of those pictures, those those first hundred rolls or whatever, really not 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 that great. It's funny because you got to keep all your negatives, right? Because you you shoot thirty six exposures. After you develop them, you you slice them up into what six sixes, strips yeah. of sixes, and, and you put them in there. And then if you got one in the middle, that's good. And you got four on one side and one on the other side that are not good. They have to sort of stay there in support of the one good negative. And I mean this physically, right? Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be like if you if you had five negatives, uh, five shots on that strip. That were bad. That you would slice them up and and destroy them and just keep the one, yeah, frame. You couldn't do that practically. It wouldn't really work. No, and I'm I'm fine. I mean, they don't take up that much room, really. No, it's it's interesting because for me with slides, anything that was bad, I would destroy. Like you know, when I'm going through them, when I got them back from processing, yeah, I'd go through them. I go blah, 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 with my loop and I loop them, and I go oh, out of focus, out of focus. Throw them, throw them. Out, you know, pinhole. Throw that out. Throw that. Out. Uh, you know, you know, someone stuck into the frame, throw that out, throw that out. Like yeah. the, the slides, because they're, they're in packaged individually. Yeah. Right. You can deal with them on a one-on-one basis. So like, if I go through all my, when I, whenever I finish going through this, if I ever end up finishing going through my pictures, I'll end up with, you know, the selects, a small amount, probably one or 2% of what's here will right. be what I keep. Uh, and then all the stuff that I don't want, I'll have, I'll destroy again. I'll, you know, find, you know, oh, I've got, you know, so many duplicates of this picture. I don't need, I don't need 14 copies of it. Right. So I keep one and throw out 13. But it's funny with the negatives, I just realized you got to keep everything. So you can see, that's really interesting because you are. You see the timeline as I'm walking down the street. Right, right. And even if you do a contact sheet, you'll see all your progress and and that's funny because with slides you don't do it. Although it was funny, but back with digital, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm laughing about this, but with digital, I don't edit my stuff. Uh, not as much. Like if I shut, if I shoot X amount of pictures in a day, mm-hmm. I might edit a few from the camera. Like I'm sitting around saying, "Yeah, that one's bad," and I'll delete from the camera, which I tell people not to do. My students, I tell them not to do it because yeah, I think you never students, know. Yeah, students are, you know, it's like, do as I say, not as I do, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I go through them like, yeah, I'll delete this, this one. But I'll download them all on my computer, and I w- literally will not go through each one, bring them up at, you know, 100% or whatever that fits the screen, and say, unless it's very obvious, I, I won't delete them because I'm not, I don't have enough time for that. Because, you know, yeah. you shoot, I shoot more digital than I ever shot film. So it's funny is that I will have, it's, I have more, 
progression, as you say, or like seeing the, the, the sort of not so good stuff in my digital files that I had with slides. And it's just because of the, I don't know, laziness or something like that. I mean, it, yeah. you know, I shoot so many pictures that I just, I, I'm not getting paid to go through and delete it. And storage on computers, you know, yeah. is it doesn't cost anything. Well, it doesn't cost anything. It's like, you know, not that I get to, I get to take a storage space and store, you know, 250,000 slides. This stuff fits on a, you know, a hard drive that fits on my hand. Yeah. So anyway, it's just, I thought that was really interesting. Um, well, so I, too, well, for me, I've, I, with digital, I have layers. I have the Lightroom library unedited. Well, there's pictures edited, but that's the witch's brew of, of stuff that you try and pull out, you know, the good images. And then the ones that you do edit that are good enough, you I put into an export directory and then they sit in there for a while, not too long. And then of those, there's a layer where I, post those to social media or make fine prints of or whatever. I, I really like digital that way. And that's why I, I, you know, I'm not that keen to go back to the dark room because one effort and two, there's different ways to, to contemplate or it's probably the wrong word, but think yeah. of your images as, as on mass of, you know, the whole, the whole body of your work, good and bad. The ones you thought they were good and the ones that you feel confident enough to post and then the ones that you make fine art prints with. So, um, yeah, it's interesting for me is looking at the, in my progression from film to digital, like we had film, 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 film. Right. And then, yeah. uh, when digital started to creep in, the cameras were not good enough. So I was still doing film, but then scanning. So it was, yeah. film was the original thing. And until I got, uh, I can actually tell you when the camera that I was serious enough to use for stock because we had certain requirements, they had a certain file size requirements was my Nikon D2X. Right. Um, which was a 12 megapixel camera. Right. And I think I got that in 2000, 2003, 2004. Uh, so for the 2004 right. Olympics, I think they were shooting with D2X. Yeah, 2004. And that was like, oh, okay. But before that, there's this sort of like, I don't know. I'm still using film for the purposes of shooting. For, I mean, I had digital cameras. I had Nikon D100 and whatever came before after that. Because, but those were like six megapixel cameras, and so they weren't good enough for. And the upsampling technology wasn't really good enough yeah. to give to the image bank as a as a full size file. So it was good to play with, and I I got a lot of shots from that, which are sitting in um, now they're sitting in Lightroom. A lot of them. Uh, from those earlier cameras, but for my purposes of work, I still had to shoot film. So I had this sort of right. living two worlds. I had mm. my, still my film cameras and then I still my digital cameras. And then I think after the D2X, I was still shooting some film, but like I started more, you know, 12 megapixels was actually good enough that like it gave you a 36 megabyte file, something like that. Uh, 12, 12, 12, yeah, 36 megabyte file. And then the upsampling was only, I needed to only go to 50 megs. So that right. wasn't that hard to upsample. So I could start submitting pictures. But anyway, my, my, my thinking about this is, is that uh, I was scanning pictures for a long time and, and, and also treating photography a lot differently with film because film is expensive and, you know, uh, 
there was maybe a lot less experimentation when you get digital. Mm-hmm. You can start, you know, storage, like I said, or the pictures don't cost anything. So you can go around and do whatever you want yeah. uh, and however you want to do it. And so there's this, there's a, it's weird little, I don't say the dark ages, but like a gray ages right? Yeah. <laughs> in between film scanning and when digital got uh, serious for me. But what I'm also thinking about now is as I'm, as I'm, I'm going to call it scanning just for lack of a better phrase. But as I'm scanning my old chromes again, I'm putting those into my Lightroom library and they're showing up as my newest pictures because they're essentially digital files shot with this camera Mm -hmm. that they like how different stuff looks like how putting a picture that I shot recently out my window with my GFX or whatever and comparing them to, and I'm not talking about technical because this, you know, film and digital, you know, almost different night and day yeah but just the look of the two like where have i come from Mm. uh and and how the how different this stuff looks and and you were talking about before like how things have changed i mean that's the one obvious thing like you know skylines have changed the met life building is used to be the pan am building and whatever but how my eye is has shifted and how it how it's shifted and how it hasn't shifted right there's there's two bits that that I can see that, oh, I, if I was shooting this subject that I shot in film today, would I approach it the same way? Probably, you know? Yeah. You know, if I'm looking at, you know, a skyline of Seattle or something like that, yeah. uh, would I have shot it with that same? I might have, back then with film, I would have used, a, you know, a magenta filter to give the sunset sky a little bit of, you know, nice and, and all yeah. the fluorescent lights will come out nice and stuff like that. And today I would change the white balance yes so i I would approach this it's funny how i approach this some of the subjects the same way i don't know if you found that well because it didn't really shoot that much color so there wasn't a lot of um or print and color i never did get into color chemistry at all just sort of a shame i would have liked to have gone into the discipline of it what's that even when you're black and white though if you look at the subjects would you have approached it the same in a similar way now, you know? Um, well, part of it, because well, I didn't have a developed eye, really. One thing aesthetically that I noticed that I have developed is a comfort with there being a lot of darkness in the frame, like shooting at night. I did a lot of shooting at night, and I really like... Uh, it's not necessarily even a high-contrast subject. There's just a lot of darkness, a lot of black, kind of like a giant vignette over the whole thing that looks natural. It doesn't look like it's you know, burned down. Um, like one of my favorite pictures from, from those days. And that would have been the, with the summer of 88, July 9th, I remember actually standing at this neon sign at this, um, hair salon. And it was this pink Reno's unisex salon. And I got this kind of angled picture of it, of the neon. It was in a storefront. It was like waist high, a little, well, yeah, about waist high. Weird place to have a neon sign inside a <laughs> inside a window, just leaned up inside the window. Not hanging up, not up high or anything. And uh, so I got this picture of it and I could see, you could see the the glass tubes, um, the way I exposed it. You could see the glass and the reflection of the glass and the tubes and the neon lit inside of it. And it has this, um, uh, has this very kind of quintessentially 80s feel about it. And, you know, 80% of the frame is black, is complete black. And um, 
and just that neon and the glow of it, it's just in black and white. And just, I couldn't imagine a better picture mm. uh, of that, that kind of design of it. I kind of, it became an abstract design because I was cropped in or I, I moved in close. I had a shot with a 50, I'm sure. Moved in close so that it became an abstract pattern and you couldn't make out the characters of the bent into the neon. So, um, you know, that's that landmark. And I have it upstairs in our photo rail, um, our little exhibition space that we have in our living room. Um, I love that picture. Oh, but cool. But there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, um, how do I put it? Yeah, a lot of this darkness in the yeah. frame that I'm yeah. comfortable with. Let me ask you this, uh, and it probably we just need to wrap up soon, but I want to ask you, we may have talked about this once before, but do you think you can get inspired by yourself from your older images? Like, you know, we always talk about deep diving other photographers and getting inspired by this person and that person, but, like, but have you thought about, like, when you're talking about this kind of picture, or I, I, I'm thinking, like, wow, imagine looking at your own work and saying like especially if you've had work from a very long time ago so maybe for some of us older people or i guess younger people too yeah how much you've shot but to go back through your own work and and gain an inspiration and ideas and stuff from your old like old stuff that you might have sort of forgotten or never thought about or just sort of evolved away from do you think you think that's possible do you think could you do that or have you done that I haven't done that. Um, I'm just trying to think. What I might find fulfilling is somebody tells me, Antonio tells me, okay, here's a project for you. Go back through your old work, look for inspiration, see what you can find. I don't think it would be something I would do on my own because I'm always trying to put, I'm always trying to get stuff down. Um, get the picture out that was what my intent was move on move on move on move on um i mean i'll be creating a lot of the same type of work because i don't really know i'm in it right so right, so right would it be up for somebody else to decide whether or not my my work actually evolves I, I think it does uh it may not maybe the way i do static subjects especially what can i do i'm standing i'm taking a picture of a building how many options are there for me to do in terms of capturing the subject matter. Now I might process them differently. That's where right, the right, growth right. really is. Right. But I think if you, if somebody said, or, you know, I decided go back, look through your old work look for inspiration and go do it. That's the way I would probably approach it. I wouldn't, it wouldn't occur to me to go, um, yeah, it just wouldn't occur to me to go through that old stuff and see what I could find. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to think about that because, you know, if I talk about doing my, one of my winter projects or just for days that I'm sitting around and I don't have anything to do, I, I, you know, my options are I need to clean this room. <laughs> I yeah. really practically need to get rid of some of these slides. I mean, I don't yeah. need them. But to actually go through them, remember them, think about them, uh, see if there's something inspirational in them. Um, and and apply that to something that I'm doing now or want to do now. Yeah, that might be an interesting thing to for me to um, to dive into, mm. uh, and especially because I mean, for both of us, we've been shooting you know for a very very long time. I've got a box of uh, negatives that I know of that's on the shelf up there that I know has my first roll 
in it and a lot of stuff from high school and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I'm not sure what I can get inspired by by high school. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and some of my first pictures were of my cats. <laughs> so, uh, well, goes not, around, comes around. Yeah, I know, I know. That's always <laughs> the case. But I'm not, I was like... But it'd be interesting to go through that. It's a very small box, so it's not as much as, as, as slides and stuff. But anyway, it might be worth doing and looking at and, and maybe circling back at some point uh, after a few months and, and see if either one of, one of us have gotten uh, something from our old stuff. Other than just looking at them and reminiscing and, and being nostalgic and stuff like that, if there's some thing that we could do to pull out from it and, uh, and start something new or try something new. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I think so too. So, all right. So we got our projects for the next couple of months. <laughs> I, I I like doing it actually. I, you know, I, for me now, it's more interesting that I found a way to scan them that are that's fast, right? You mm-hmm. know, when I had my scanner before, like I had no inspiration to like, oh well, I could I could scan these and put them up. And I'm like, who wants to do that? Who wants to sit in front of a scanner? And then spot out all the dust. Like, hey, who cares? I don't want to do that. But yeah. now that it's that I've got the system, and it's just like plop, 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 and I can shoot them. And all of a sudden, I can show people what I've done in the past. I don't know. Might be, might be something uh, I'll, I'll do more often. So we'll see. Cool. All right. So that's it for today. That's we, it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it for me too. I that's it for me good. too. In fact, when we're done, I think I'll actually pull out a box. <laughs> Start looking at them. I'll show you my negative file here. It's just over here. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell people where you can be found these days. You can find me on Vero. I'm uh, Photo. That is also my handle on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Ward Rosin Fine Art. Um, my little uh, website is called rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca. And you can also find me on Facebook at Ward Rosin Photography. And I have a little company called I call Ornus Photo, which I sell uh, 7R Designs lenses and different brands of uh, lens adapters for Fuji X and Sony E mount. Also, our unofficial oh, yes, sponsor. Oh, yes, our unofficial, spo- unofficial, unofficial <laughs> sponsor. People are getting kids. When are they going to become official? <laughs> Whatever that means. One of these days. I'm just <laughs> not ready to run the fry machine just yet. All yeah. right. And, uh, I'm found at uh, Twitter at AmRosario and Vero at AmRosario. And I'm no longer Instagramming, uh, but uh, we've heard about that already. Uh, Facebook, for those of us of a certain age, <laughs> you can go Rosario Photo on Facebook. And, you know, I might, I might be firing up my Flickr account again. I don't know. Um, so that would be also AM Rosario on Flickr or Antonio Rosario. So I don't know. It's Flickr hasn't gone away yet entirely. So anyway, yeah, that's it. And uh, well, we'll 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 be back in a couple of weeks, I think. We'll see you then. In a couple of weeks, you think? Yeah, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. All right. Fortnightly, as it yeah. says on the site. <laughs> Fort- oh yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, have a good night, everybody. You too. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye.